Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique and I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 14th, you're gonna get the following. A magic morning journal, which is going to help you every day to set your energy in the right way, daily prompts. Plus, you're gonna get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me, and you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the Platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. The value that I offer my audience is my existence. The fact that I am breathing today, that's that's what I offer. That's the highest thing I can offer. guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. We have such a good episode for you today. Simone Soul is here. And if you know her, you know you're in for such a treat. If you don't know her, you are going to love this woman. She's amazing. Uh, before we dive in, I just want to let you know that there is one spot left, just one, for the retreat I'm doing at my home, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. 
It's going to be so good. We have this incredible team that is building this like installation. There's like a tent with like yummy pillows and there's like this beautiful tablescape and that's just the external. And then we are just going to move into the stream. You know, there's only two buttons. It's either you're in resistance or you are receptive. You are fully in resonance to all that is and when you are in that setting, you are aligned with your soul, with your higher consciousness, right? And all that starts to happen is beautiful, abundant gorgeousness. And it really feels like magic, but that's how the world is designed. And when Deepak Chopra was on the show, that's what he spoke about. And when Marianne Williamson was here, that's what she spoke about. And it's amazing how you know, because we have these five senses, we smell, we see, we touch and all the rest. We are so locked into the 3D. But if you didn't have those five senses, you would feel so connected to reality as it really is. There's just so much space, so much more than what you can see and feel with your eyes and with your hands. So it's amazing how much is here for you and it's already done. And so on the other side of these retreats, it's been amazing to see how people just unlock so much blessing in their life because it's already there. It's just that you allow it in, in such a major way. You just change the way you're oriented to your life. And so it's pretty amazing. Um, if you want to grab that last spot, you can go to kathyheller.com slash lux, L-U-X-E. And if you are an alumni, we do have special pricing available so you can DM me for that on my Instagram at kathy.heller. And speaking of my Instagram, I'm giving away a Marc Jacobs tote as well as a Zadig and Voltaire top that is so adorable. It's long sleeve. On the back, there's a beautiful graphic. It says Band of Sisters. And then on the sleeve, it says Every Woman's Success Should Inspire Another. And I just love it. And I wanted to give you these two things to sort of, as you can go into the fall with these two lovely items, to enter the giveaway, you will simply just leave a review for the podcast and subscribe. And then you'll just share one of my reels on Instagram. Super easy. If you want to enter, you can go ahead and do that. And I will be announcing the winner tomorrow. So I'm really excited because Simone Soul is here today. She is phenomenal. She's a business coach, an author, and a podcast host. She specializes in teaching marketing and sales, but in a way that feels so good and so aligned with who you are, which I think is what we're all seeking as people who are in the business space, but have big hearts. She's written some great books like Don't Do Your Best, A Guide to the Project of Being Alive and The Fearless Marketing Bible for Life Coaches. These books help you set aside your perfectionism, fears, and self-doubts and take the mystery out of marketing and replace it with joy. They're both such incredible guides on how to embrace who you are and the gifts that you have and add more love to the world by being you. So definitely go get yourself a copy. Also, make sure that you check out her podcast, Joyful Marketing, where she teaches life coaches how to market joyfully and with their full humanity intact. Simone's energy is like a lightning bolt, and not only is she fierce, but she's so present and honest. This conversation is really going to help you change your perspective on marketing and what it means to bring value to the world. So I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Simone Soul. Welcome. I can't believe that this is the first time that you are here with me in this community because I've known you for so long and I've been enjoying you for so long. Well, 
I'm super honored to be here, and I apologize in advance because I'm not in my normal office setup. I'm on vacation, so if you hear other noises, I it's because I'm in the yard. I apologize, but I'm really happy to be here. Truly honored. And I love it. To let it all loose. Let's go. So here you are. Let's talk about the joy of marketing. Let's talk about how you've turned everything on its head and help people to actually show up for their business. But before you started to do that, you were a, you were a hypnotist, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how did you move from that into coaching? And then we'll talk about how you moved from that into helping coaches to market their services. So I don't like to say I was a hypnotist because once a hypnotist, always a hypnotist. If, like, if you have the skills to entrance someone, you keep those skills forever. I just did it to you right now. <laughs> so when I first learned hypnosis, it was because I was really interested in the human mind and I wanted to get underneath the surface of what's going on because it's so easy to notice how, you know, among all the things we do, only a few of them are, you know, like conscious decisions that, that we make. The rest are unconscious. The rest are already programmed. And so I was always super interested in self-development and self-actualization. And I thought if we could get under the hood and work with the subconscious mind, which is what hypnosis does, wouldn't that be such a faster way to generate change starting with myself? Because I felt like such a giant mess. At least that's the thought I, I had about myself back in the day when I first learned this, I want to say maybe like 15 years ago. And so while I learned hypnosis, it was more like, I'm interested in the human mind. I want to help people change. And hypnosis just became a language of change that I speak. One language among many languages, right? To go under the hood. And from the beginning, it was thanks to the mentor that I had, but I started really treating it as, as like different ways of coaching the mind. And with hypnosis, you're like coaching the unconscious mind. Whereas with other modalities of coaching or healing, you might be using, you know, your logical brain more. And so I started with hypnosis, but then I add, started adding other things to my coaching arsenal because at the end of the day, I just really wanted to stop feeling like such a person myself. I wanted to change some habits that I was really <laughs> concerned about in myself. <laughs> you know, I identified as a chronic procrastinator. I overeat, I oversmoke, I overdrink, I probably overdate everything, fix me so I can be better. Like I want to learn hypnosis and maybe I, I won't be this version of myself. <laughs> So that's where it all started. And I learned one modality, one method, one language after another. And 15 years later, after I started that journey, what I can tell you is that all those modalities taught me one thing, which is that there was nothing to fix to begin with, because I was never flawed. I was never problematic. I was just a valued, valuable, worthy, beautiful human being. And I think that's what I learned after 15 years of studying self-development and coaching and all that. It's like, oh, it turns out there's nothing to fix because I'm not a problem. What do you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So well said. So well said. And I'm not surprised that you are so good at marketing. I'm not surprised that you're so good at coaching because, of course, it's always about the automatic program that's running in the subconscious and being aware of it and then being able to 
speak to it, right? So much of what works in advertising is really understanding psychology. It's really, really, truly marketing is not marketing. Seth Godin says marketing, you could just exchange the word for communication. And how do you actually tell a story that helps the person feel seen and then helps them to see where they are the hero of their own story on the other side of taking the step, whether it's a product or a service, right? And so often when we don't understand any of that, we look at sales and marketing as something we have to pitch, we have to do, we have to do all of these things to get to this place called a sale. And it's really, um, again, that's an automatic program. That's a, that's a whole bunch of thoughts that are, are just interesting. They're just thoughts. Thoughts are not facts. So I'm really um, delighted to get to be in your company. I've reshared a bunch of things you've posted. I love the way you show up in your energy. I love the way you call people forward to that energy. So let's talk about what happened when you started to become a coach and you realized that there was something joyful, which those two words, joyful and marketing, which you now have, you have- can I actually pick something that you said and kind of like, cause it's yeah. some of my own thoughts. So I love, love, love and admire Seth Godin. He is one of like the big heroes in my mind. And he taught me so much of the foundation of what I now know about marketing. But when he says marketing is communication, I kind of want to take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the next level, but I want to take that to my level. Yes, let's <laughs> hear it. I'm here for it more. So in this conversation, I'm going to say the word women a lot, but please understand that to mean like any human being that's socialized as a woman, not technically anyone who, you know, so I kind of think that again, broad generalizations, I kind of tend to think that like men and like a masculine dominated society and industry tend to take things that women do intuitively and extremely well and organically, and then they like have to analyze it and turn it into a system and call it a name. They're like, we just discovered how to do this. And it's called this. And it's got five steps. And and us women have been, we're like, what? We just do that naturally. So that is to say, when people say communication, I'm like, okay, communication, that sounds like something I go major in in college. You know, like, what is communication? But you know what communication is? It's relating to human beings, right? And when it comes to marketing, at least the way I think of it, the way I think about business, marketing is about knowing what you give a shit about and who you give a shit about because those things are tied together, right? Like I give a shit about these people and they struggle with this thing that I give a shit about for personal reasons. And then I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to relate to them because I give a shit. That is relating. I bet you a million dollars, every single person in this room relates competently all day long. (laughs) And then we're like, okay, so marketing is communication. How do I do the communication? Right? Again, this is not a dig against Seth Godin. Like this is- Oh no, I get. You get what I'm saying, right? And so that's why everything that people teach about marketing, it's like, who like- Every single person starts a business because they care, right? They care about the thing that they're offering, about the difference it makes, about the people that it helps. And all you have to do is to see who you're helping as a human being like yourself and remind yourself, oh, I started this business because I give a shit. It's all about giving a shit. When I give a shit, what do I want to say? Like, that's it. 
And then I think we come in here, when I say we, I mean like the men and the patriarchy. And patriarchy informed, like men-dominated industry informed ways of looking at things and dissecting them and understanding them. There's all these systems and things that are made to look very like, this is what's professional and this is official marketing. And then you have to like know what the things are. I kind of think that those, all of those things can kind of remove us from the natural authority that we all have and instinctively, right. That we know about who we connect to, who we want to bring with us, what we care about. Right. And so that's why I say when I teach marketing, I'm like, forget all of marketing. It's like, you have to unmarket to market like a human being. So yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I absolutely agree. I think because there's all these subconscious programs. When you do hear the words marketing, it feels all of a sudden like there is a systematized world. And then there's things like copy and funnels. And all of a sudden it feels very not about the personable thing. It feels very not intuitive. It feels very not about people. And I was talking to a friend recently and I said, send me the ad that you're running on Facebook. Cause she's like, nobody's clicking on it. And I'm like, that looks like an ad from 1000 miles away. So if it was in your feed, would you be like, I love ads. I really want to click on an ad. I just, I like ads. She's like, no. I'm like, so what if instead of putting up an ad, because that's what you do when you're marketing something, you actually put something that is the content itself. Yep. Like that the ad is just the content itself. Because it's so fascinating. People, and this is just one example, but people put a lot of energy into the things that they market. And it's like, then create something there that you actually want to put in someone's heart, right? So a lot of times, if I was ever going to do something, I always could feel like there's they're going to zig, I'm going to zag. So instead of putting up an ad, I'm going to actually take a picture I took from my phone And uh, I'm going to take a picture that doesn't look anything like an ad and I'm not going to put any, no copy on it at all. Like, it's like, it's, I want to talk to them. I want to, I want to actually go the opposite way. What you're doing when you do that is you're, you're giving them you. And when people think I have to do ads, they think, oh, I have to like hide me and put up something that's like professional and going to convert and da, 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 da. Right. And so I think so much of marketing is hiding ourselves and putting something in the way of the client seeing us. Cause we're like, Oh, they don't want to just look at me. Who am I? I just, I want them to look at this thing. So you put that up, you put up the ad and then the person, instead of seeing you and wanting to know you is going to be like, Oh, that's an ad. And they scroll past it. Right. So please like, don't let marketing be something that stands in the way of people seeing who you are and connecting to who you are. Like we're, we're taught in so many different directions that that's how to do real marketing. That's how to do like, you know, effective marketing. That's, you have to worry about this and this and that and make it perfect to make it convert. But all of that is what people do when they don't trust that who they are is enough. When they don't trust that all people really want to see and connect to is you like the weird selfie, you not like, the professional oh, yeah. glamorous photography you. So 100% Kathy. I love that. So I want to ask you, since you have spent so much time now with people 
and once a hypnotist, always a hypnotist. And in looking at the way in which people show up in their business, you've learned over and over and over again what some of that murky water is that keeps us from actually stepping forward, right? Some of those subconscious thoughts. I'm curious if you could just think of what are some of the most common subconscious beliefs in the automatic program that keep people from being able to show up and what might be some of the alternative thoughts or mantras or possibilities that they could consider instead of what you've seen as being like the number one and number two biggest piece of, you know, garbage that's floating in that subconscious. Okay. So I've never said what I am about to say out loud because it just occurred to me as like the new concept, a new framework as you were speaking just now, Kathy, but like you said, a lot of us, we walk around with automatic programming from our, con- from our unconscious mind, right? And you asked about the top programming. You know what? I think that the most powerful levels of un- unconscious programming that we walk around with is actually the programming of trauma. And that's what comes up the most when we go out and try to market. And I want to say, of course, there's different levels of personal trauma, but I think that if you've been socialized as a woman, or if you've been marginalized in any way, the trauma isn't something that we like, obviously it's not something we inflicted on ourselves, but it's something that's systematically instilled in us and taught to us. Like we are made to have trauma by this society and we carry generations of trauma in our bodies of, of our generations of our ancestors. And here's how, what I mean when I say that the programming is the programming of trauma, which is the number one thing that I hear from entrepreneurs who show up and they start a business, they want to market. What's the number one thing that stalls them? Fear of visibility. I'm afraid to show up. I'm afraid to say this. I'm afraid to claim that I am what I am, that I do what I do. I'm afraid to make a talk about my offer because, right? It's the fear of visibility. And we treat the fear of visibility as if it were a personal defect, a personal flaw. You just don't have the right beliefs, da 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 da. When in fact, our society trains us since we are little babies to hide ourselves, to be invisible, to stay in line, to figure out what the right thing is to do and say, watch the grownups, do what the teacher says, do what your parents says, and then don't show your emotions, don't be so emotional. Like do the thing that everybody else is doing. And so we are literally trained, groomed to present a very specific, like narrow range. Like this is the the range of behavior that's okay for you to present so that we don't reject you. So we don't punish you. Mic drop. Like we need to like hold there because just to have reverence for how clearly you just distilled and handed everybody clarity, right? Because that absolutely keeps you from being visible. You said that's the number one fear, being visible, claiming this, making an offer. And absolutely in our family culture, in the culture of the world that we're living in, schools, jobs, the choosing of belonging over authenticity because we don't want to hit the third rail because we don't want to get this mom upset because dad's going to drink again if I do this because I I'm the nice one and I have to get the good grades or just because who the hell knows it could be 
little T trauma, it could be big T trauma, but you're absolutely right. And holy gosh, I mean, if you can't be visible, you could take every class. You can go to every course. You can get three MBAs. Nothing. And five PhDs. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> yeah. going to move. Yeah. Because that that fascination, right, which we've now learned because we see, we see it in the data, if you're experiencing something here, your body thinks it's happening now. So mm-hmm. if you're reliving a thought, which puts you back in that state somatically of trauma, when Simone or me say, oh, you should go live and like, hell no, you're not going to go do that without even knowing why. And then you go, I just haven't figured out my offer. I just, you know what it is? I need, you know, and it's like, no, like there is definitely. So where do we go with that? How have you helped people move beyond that? I think just naming it is so powerful. Yeah. Naming it and naming the source. So, you know, it's not you, you're not the problem. That's like the theme of today. You are not a problem to be solved. There's nothing wrong with you, right? I think often about, this is my specific culture, but I know that every single one of you has a story, has a history that's not that different. Like, for example, I'm Korean. I My parents are Korean. My people are Korean. And it was literally just like three generations ago when in the country, in the culture, women were literally not allowed to go outside and be seen and show their faces without a male guardian, right? Like if I'm a woman in Korea and it's 1895, like I'm not allowed to go outside and show my face. It was like against the law and against against custom. And now that's like, that's Korea in that specific period of time. But like I said, every one of you, there is something wherever you are from, wherever your family's from in, in, in the history of the world, right? There's something like that. And so first I could be like, I could be sent to prison for showing my ankle. And now I'm supposed to show up and bear my soul and show my entire body and like tell them what my deepest convictions for the and visions for the world are what, right? So just naming, first of all, how much like dizzying change has happened over the past century, like in the world, right? That now we are allowed to be visible, at least somewhat, right? Like, um, it's not against the law. It's not against culture for women to show their faces, for women to share their voices and claim their power. That's another thing, right? But we are going against these real structural cultural forces. And I think knowing that, I just knowing that by itself is such a big relief. And whenever I remind my clients of what I'm telling you right now, it just feels like such a, it's so healing, right? Because they're like, oh, it's not me. It's not me. And now when I talk about all this trauma and cultural forces, and historical, this is not, the point is so not to like feel like victimized over it and feel like, oh no, they're so bad. We're so sad. Like, it's not about that, right? You might process, give yourself time and a space to process that grief, the anger that might arise when you think about these things. But then the point is that what, once you locate the source, once you know that you're not the problem, you can begin to take back the agency of how you respond to what the culture has handed you, right? So like what I always teach my clients, like if you like say who you are out loud, if you claim your power out loud in even the smallest way, like, hey, say, hey, I have an offer and it costs this much. Like even saying that is like an act of revolution against the patriarchy. It's an act of revolution against the oppression of every single, you know, layer of marginalization that you and people like you have ever faced. So let's go fight that revolution. Like I 
tell them that it's not a joke, right? And I would love for all of you to remember that. I remind myself of it all the time because it puts what we're, what we're about to do on perspective. So just that awareness, right? And then knowing um, it's not that you feel like weak and fragile because you are weak and fragile. Like we've been taught that we're weak when we're actually strong. We've been taught that we were fragile when we're actually like the most resilient people, right? You've been taught to fear your belonging, but that's only because if you actually owned your own belonging, then you would take over the world. And they're like, well, no, we need to keep the white men, right? Rich white men in power, right? So just, just knowing that. <laughs> That's amazing. And I just want to name that, like, if that's not your experience, then you might still have a sense of that experience just from other things that have gone on in your life, right? Because I saw Regina saying, I'm Italian, the women in my family are fierce and opinionated. And me as a Jewish woman, women are like put here, like we are, that's actually in our culture, it's like women are actually considered on a higher level than men. So we have like, but my issue was still not from that. It was from my parents arguing all the time. It was from my parents' divorce. It was from all, like, there are so many things that happen, whether or not it's in our culture because of the male woman thing, there's things oh, that have happened that have programmed us to feel afraid of standing in our authentic truth. There have been things that have happened to all of us. And that's, that's the point, you know, no matter, no matter what. I thank you so much for bringing that up. And even if you're a man, right, even if you're like the epitome of privilege, like rich white man, whatever, you've still been taught, right, since you were little, you have to be strong, you have to be perfect, you can't show your emotions, right? Like I talk to my husband all the time about this. He grew up with a military father, and it was like, not okay to be like, a vulnerable human, right? So we there's whatever your experience is, whatever you are taught not to be, that it's dangerous to be, you have to be this kind of person and hide yourself. Like that is operating in every level, whether it's ancestral or patriarchal or just personal circumstance in your life. We're all coming from stuff and it then shows up in how you do one thing is how you do everything. It can show up in your business and you're making a very clear point. And that is the, you know, you're saying it through the lens that you've lived, which is, was so powerful and fascinating. And everybody relates to that no matter what, right? Cause we all have a version of that somewhere, somehow. So then you come along and you have the courage to be authentic and you and showing up in your Eunice, which has been such a delight for all of us who get to be in your audience. You are just so fun and cool and smart and charming. And you have been sharing, like I was saying, these two words together, I had never heard joyful marketing and teaching people different things that actually can make you want to lean into it, that it's actually a place to come alive, that it's a place to have fun. What are some of those? Cause you have a program like this. You also talk about this in your podcast. What are some of those things? Like you say, be in partnership with the spirit of your business and those you serve, create content that serves everyone who encounters your business. Um, make offers that sell by making new possibilities vivid in your clients' minds. Why don't you, because this is all such gold for us, help break down any of those things for us, just a, just a bite so that we might be able to lean in towards that and feel excited and feel like we have maybe a couple more clues of how to do it well. Right. So here's the part that I want to talk about, because I think that this is the part that really ties everything together. I think that marketing, people don't think of marketing as joyful because they think of marketing as following rules and performing. So you win the audition, right? Like think of how 
what it feels like to go in and audition. It's like, okay, I better, okay, I prepared well and I have to do this right so that they, you know, so they accept me, so they give me high marks, whatever. So between that sort of like showing up to an audition mindset and like I'm, you know, uh, follow, I have to follow the rules correctly and like write effective copy. And in order for a copy to be effective, it has to be this and this and that. I have to post it three times a day to maximize the algorithm. So it's all these things. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, right? So that's the only reason people don't think marketing is joyful is because they think marketing is about that, which, to which I say gross, right? So I'm going to turn all of that on its head by saying that marketing is just what happens when you give a shit about another human being and you relate to them like you give a shit, right? And here's the thing, in the relating and that connection, right? That connection between you as an individual, you as a unique human being with a unique mind and spirit and heart, being present to connect to another human being also with their unique hearts and souls and minds, right? That is where the magic of connection, the magic of relating, the magic of marketing happens in the presence of two people. And now I know this sounds like very like whatever, but bear with me. Right. And we kind of like take away from that magic of connection and how much of ourselves, how much of our presence we can bring when we start to think that marketing is about giving them something that's artificial. And here is the mantra that I teach my clients all the time so that you can show up from a place of authentic connection, right? So the mantra is, I bring value to the world by existing and breathing. The value that I offer my audience is my existence. The fact that I am breathing today, that's, that's what I offer. That's the highest thing I can offer. Now, when you're off, like I am on vacation, or maybe when you're off because you're sick, maybe you're off because your kid is sick, whatever it is, right? Guess what? They're like, but I have to be creating value for my people. You are creating value for your people. You're alive. You exist. Bearing the imprint that is one in 7 billion, bearing the specific energetic frequency that you have, you exist as a human. Great. You're creating value in this moment right now. When you just practice breathing this idea in that how I add value, my value contribution to the world, regardless of whether you have a business or, or, or not, is that I, as a unique human being, as a child of God, the way I think of it, I exist. I am here. It is enough. It is enough for my clients to see that. And therefore, I don't have to contrive and do fancy, complicated things to bring value. All I have to do is show up. Actually, you don't even have to show up. Just you existing is value. But then when you do show up and you're truly believing that who you are, just existing as you is valuable, then you're going to feel so free to show up any way you want with whatever you want and trust that that is going to be what builds those bridges of relating and getting to know and getting to trust, right? And I think that I can tell you, oh, when you're like creating content, think about this. Or when you're writing copy, think about that. I can tell you all of those things, but that all becomes moot unless you have that quality of relationship with your people, which they can feel if you are believing that you are valuable in and of yourself or not, I promise you they can feel it. Let me give you a really little example to make this possibility feel more um, 
like practical because it probably feels like a lot of like <laughs> whatever no, it feels really good okay really good 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 so I have a very you know beloved email thing happening right like people love my emails I've been sending emails for years every single week like it's been all of my sales come from my emails well nowadays I'm more on Instagram but for years and years like I made my first millions with just email right and I remember when I began that doing email marketing, email marketing, right? In quotes, because it's just me like talking to people, like using human language, being human, right? I kind of made this rule with myself because I kept psyching myself out and like not, I was like too scared to write emails, but I made like this pact with myself. Like one, whoever is receiving this email, they just want to connect with me. That's it. They all, they just want, they want to know me. They like me. They want to connect with me. And second of all, all I have to do is at the end of the email is to make them feel a little bit more seen, understood, cared about, loved. Like that was my whole reason for doing my email email list, right? For sending emails. Because in the beginning, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't have a niche. I didn't have like a positioning or whatever. I was just like, I don't know who my people are. I don't barely know what I'm selling. So I'm just going to like start writing emails. And I'm just going to believe that one they just, I am just valuable. They just want to hear from me. They just want to get to know me, period. There, I don't, doesn't even matter what I'm offering. And two, all I'm going to accomplish is I'm going to help them feel this connection that I genuinely feel to them. Like, I want to make sure they leave the email feeling like 2% more like the world is like worth living in. It's like, I feel seen. I feel okay in my humanity. That was it, right? So I started the email list with like eight people, of course, and it's been years. And now, actually, I don't even go in. I don't even know how many people we have. Probably around 10,000. But I still email with the same idea. Like I don't email to like make offers and provide value. It's like, I don't think about that because I trust that whenever I just show up in their inbox, it's valuable. Why? Because it's me. They value me, right? So tying it all together. I actually think that's why I've been so successful in my quote unquote email marketing and people trust me and they read whatever I write and they buy whatever I sell because they're like, guess what? Simone is the one person who isn't bullshitting us. And it's not like everybody else is a liar and a bullshitter. It's like everybody else is just as cool as I am. They're just like hiding under what they think is marketing, but it's actually just bullshittery. It's so powerful what you're saying, but how you're saying it, you know, there may have been a meme that says something similar, like just be you, that's your superpower. There's people who say things, but how you embody what you're saying is really giving people full permission to go ahead and just do it as simply as you're saying it. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how gorgeous it is, what you're saying, the fact that who we are as we are is the gift, like that's the value. and you have seen also like, you know, where there's been memes where it's talking about like jokes people make about like a good therapist. And it's like the good therapist says like nothing. Right. And the person leaves and goes, this was the best session. And it's like, why? Because the person showed up and sat in a chair and held space for this other person. And that was the end. Right. Like, it's amazing how much you said, you're right, there's so much BS to what we put in between just getting to it and and the idea of just being present, just real actual presence is so rare and it's so valuable. And I agree. I think 
I think that that's exactly why I'm, I'm sitting in my career where I'm sitting because I don't, I actually never read the books about all the things you're supposed to do because I couldn't process them. I never made sense to me to create slideshows and webinars and whatever, but the idea of being present felt really easy and doable. And that's all that has to happen. And every single person has a endless ability to be compassionate and empathetic and fun and present. So it's incredible that you are this banner in the sky, you know? Yeah. Thank you for your reflection. And I have to add this because being truly present, just as yourself, believing that you are the value existing is the value. I will say this is not something that necessarily comes naturally. So if you're like, okay, how do I do that? Or if like, I feel like I'm not good at that. You probably aren't, and it's not a problem. And here's the analogy that I will offer you is that, so for, for example, I'm not an actor. I'm not, I've never been trained in theater, except like one theater class in high school or something. And if you were to put me on a stage in front of like hundreds of people and say, here, we're going to do some improv. You just be yourself. I'd be like, what? What? What do you mean? All these people looking at me. How do I be myself? Right? Just, just, just relax. I'd be like, what does that mean to relax? And so for me, if I want to become a better actor, I will have to kind of like unlearn um, what it means to perform, right? And I have to like kind of, kind of let my own thoughts and like uh, my ego and my self-consciousness, right? I have to like learn how to put that to the side so that I can really feel present on stage. And I'm not an actor, like I said, but I would imagine if you were an actor, you know how hard that is. It's a process, Right. You're never like you step on stage on the stage from day one and you're like, I feel one with the universe and myself and the audience. Like, no, that's a that's something you can practice and get better at. Right. So if you have any kind of, you know, performance experience, you probably know what I'm talking about. So it's the same thing. If you go to social media and you freeze up and you're like, I don't know what it means to be myself. Like, I don't know how to bring the presence. That's okay. It's just like being on stage. I promise you when you commit to the process and you should practice showing up over and over again, you practice making your nervous system adjust to what it means to be visible, what it means to say what you want to say, what it means to be authentic piece by piece. Like it really is, you have to build that safety. It's not overnight. It's not just, you have like the right beliefs and then automatically, right? Let it be a process. If it feels hard, it's not you. And I really want to say that because otherwise a lot of people leave thinking like, oh, there's must be something wrong with me because Simone just like made it sound so easy and I still freeze up. No, that's a nervous system response and it can take time to unwind and it's okay. And you don't need to unwind it perfectly overnight in order for your business to work. I certainly didn't, right? It took me years and guess what? Like that journey in itself was healing. So it in itself was valuable even before it started bringing me like lots and lots of money. Right. Don't beautiful. I- That's really, really beautiful. And this is all just, it's so important that there are people in the world saying these words, right. And it's so much more than helping people with their business. Obviously it's helping them to be free of this. Like, I mean, how sad is it that most people are carrying this belief and then carrying this as a practice to show up in some kind of mask and performative mode their entire life. So this message is so important. You have so much that you're doing for that that works for everybody, but you you also in 2020 you were talking specifically which you do often also talk specifically to people who are life coaches who want to market 
their business. And so many of the people, Colleen and I were just talking about it yesterday. Like I never say that out loud. I'm always like, if you want to sell a service, a product, if you want to create a course, you want to create an event. So many people who come through this community wind up wanting to do some kind of coaching, whether they want to do health coaching, uh, financial coaching, coaching in general, clarity coaching. So let's talk for a second about it. So one of the things that comes up, I think that they feel responsible for people's results and they question whether or not they can deliver results, which I think is a, comes from a place of integrity on one level, but also comes from a place of ego, right? Yeah. So how can you step forward with integrity, but also not get caught in the trap of the ego and the perfectionism, which actually isn't integrity. It's just holding you back. Okay. So this is a really great question. And here's a thing that it's a little paradoxical to understand, but we're all smart grownups. We can handle it. Right. I think being a professional at anything is about understanding that at all times, what you bring to the table, your skills, who you are, it's enough at all times. And also, it's not enough. Both are equally true at all times, right? So let's say you decided to be a coach yesterday and you've never coached anyone before and you like learned a few things and you're like, okay, I think I can do this, but I'm not sure. I'm really scared. As you are, you are enough. Always. I don't care. You have what it takes to help people if that is your desire, right? And you have to take that like assumption of unconditional enoughness wherever you go. If somebody's in front of you, the fact that they're in front of you and open to coaching means you are qualified to coach them. That is the unconditional enoughness. Now, paradoxically, what's also true is that you're always going to be learning, right? You're always going to be finding ways in which you could be better, right? I spend so much of my time reflecting about ways in which like, oh, these are areas where I can see there's a gap and I can't wait to go get better at it, right? Oh, I did these things. I, you know, taught, I coach clients in this way and I can see that some things didn't work. Hmm. Okay. So that's something that I need to grow into. That's the area where I need to get more skillful, right? So if you stop seeing the things where you need to get better or you want to get better, If you stop being challenged by your work, I think you have to go find a new line of work, right? So I don't care. Like if you could be the day one of being a coach, you have zero experience. You could be day 15 years and me and like be like known and have made millions of dollars. It's still going to be, you're always unconditionally enough. And there's more areas where you can get better. Always. That that never changes. Because I think a lot of um, newbie coaches have this fantasy that, when I arrive, like when I'm experienced enough, when I've made enough money, when I have enough authority, when I get there, then like this strife is going to end, but it doesn't. Like I I always talk to my colleagues and friends who are, you know, at the level of like, I don't know, income, whatever that I am, we're all in similar places. And we are always talking about, oh man, I fucked that one up. Or, oh man, I just identified this giant um, blind spot that I have where I know nothing and I don't know how to help these clients. And we we're very serious about it. We're very earnest about it because our own growth, how we show up for our clients is very important to us. We take that very seriously, the obligation to keep learning and to be open to being wrong. 
And we never use it against ourselves. We never make, make it a reason to not show up. We never make it a reason to shame ourselves. So I think holding that paradox of you are enough and also there's areas where you're not enough and with the foundation, right, of unconditional self-love is I think that's what's going to give you the confidence to go out there and show up and also the resilience and the sort of grace for yourself to let, let yourself fail in quotes a few times. Let yourself not meet your own expectations a few times. Have a few clients who are disappointed. Guess what? The world isn't going to end. Every single coach you know has gone through it. It's going to keep happening. It's because as much as you're evolving, you're always also going to get better. I love all of that up until like, it's like, the, it's like drinking the last drop of the cappuccino because it's so good. Even that <laughs> last piece was like, okay, so you won't satisfy everybody. And then what? Because like, that's going to happen, right? And then will you survive that? Will you be okay? Will you grow from that? Is there any restaurant, store, coach, product that satisfied every client? I'll wait, right? So that'll happen. And then what, right? Every last drop of what you just said. So beautiful. So can I ask you a couple questions really quick from the chat? Yeah. So how do you articulate the transformation is, I think, a great question that a lot of people have. Okay. So here's my answer to that. Practice, give yourself the assignment to say it 20 different ways, right? I think how do we articulate it? It kind of almost makes it sound like there's like one right way to articulate it and you have to like go find it, right. you have to download it from the moon, right? <laughs> you guys, this is, you have to like, let yourself be a little sloppy with it. How about if I say it this way? What if I interview the client and like write down every single word they write, every single word they say, and then use it? What if I, you know, put myself in their shoes? What would it be like if I were writing to my own self uh, who used to struggle with this? And then just come up with as many ways as you can think of and try them all, test them all, right? Because we think that we need to come up with the magical combination of like, like just specific enough and like just the right words to like entrance our right clients. But I think what truly happens is that in the process of you being like reckless enough to try 20 things, some things are going to stick with certain people and other things are going to stick with some other people, right? So let's say you were, you took this assignment seriously and you're like, okay, I'm going to try saying it 20 different ways. And some ways are just going to be weird and random and they're going to suck. And just something that you threw out and you're like, oh, I just had this one weird idea. I can talk about it. And you put it on your phone and it's like two sentences. Like that could be the thing that makes hundreds of people go, oh my God, like now I feel spoken to, right? And the thing that you like conscientiously like write over days, it could be the thing that's boring and nobody wants to read, right? So it's this idea of like exercising your brain to like look at different angles, to say it as many different ways as possible, as different like creative methods as possible, and then just willing to put it all out there and see what happens and never stop. I feel like I'm still doing that with all of my offers. Like I'm always just like finding different ways to talk about it and not getting hung up on like this. There's going to be like one magical, perfect way that solves all my problems and converts all the people. That's not a thing. Love that. There's a question here. Someone said that she loves your posts and follows you. And you did a post recently on celebrating the murky stuff. And Mm -hmm. she's asking if you could share something that was murky like that, that you celebrated. Okay. Um, So this is another example that they are going to appreciate if they have been closely following me on social media. So I was supposed to have a launch earlier this year, and it was going to be a million dollar launch of my very beloved, very popular sold out every single time mastermind. And just days before the launch, I realized this is not aligned anymore. This is not what I want to sell anymore. It is not who I am anymore. 
if I'm always to offer from like the very edge of my creativity and authenticity and integrity as a coach, this is not it. This is not it. I have to kill it because I'm not going to sell something where I know it's like outdated, right? Like it's not me anymore. And so what I had left was total murkiness. Like what? Like I, I had no idea what was next. I had no idea. And I had enough practice following my own advice of trusting the murkiness, trusting the darkness of like everything that was solid and known and delineated and clean before is now in total chaos. I, I have practiced becoming friends with that enough where I didn't freak out. And I was like, I bet something cool is about to happen. And so what I did was just trust my people and say, that's not going to work anymore. Everything that I've been selling you for the past few months, I'm sorry, it's gone. It no longer exists. I know I want to do something with y'all next. I have no idea what it is. Want to come with me? And when I said this, I was like, okay, maybe like two people are going to come with because it's so weird. And I don't even care because I can't, I'd rather like find out what this is than do the proven thing just because it's going to make me money when my heart is not in it. So I launched at the same date for something where I told everybody, I have no idea what it is. I literally have no idea what it is. All I know, it's going to be a container. I will be there the rest of it. I don't know. And I ended up making more money than my original plan because there were enough, there were so many lunatics who were like, I don't care about anything except whatever this is. It sounds fun. And so that was a prime example. And I, I will tell you, sometimes when you trust the Merc and when you find peace in the not knowing and you take one step forward, it doesn't always end with people, you know, throwing confetti at you. And it doesn't, it's not always like easy and happy. And I just gave you this one example because I think we need more examples, right? Sometimes it just, it's just dark for a while. Sometimes trusting just feels like you're being fucked by the universe over and over again. Like, it's not like you trust and immediately, right? Like, it's not like that, but it is like that sometimes, truly, right? And this was such an example of like, oh, everything that you've been saying, everything that you've been exemplifying, working towards, where you're truly not selling, like, here's the problem that I'm solving for you. Like, here's a step-by-step process. I'm not saying that I'm selling my presence. I'm selling my the authenticity and the integrity of how I continue to let myself evolve and be open to what's next, even when I don't know what it is. And that was, that did end up being the most powerful thing that people wanted to buy even more than the offer that I had before. It's so juicy. It's so gorgeous. I love it. I want to hold it, wrap it in a bow and keep it on my desk. And I also want to just remind of the great Wayne Dyer quote, which is, we never ever manifest what we want. We don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. And so when you said, I've been in this river long enough to know, ooh, something fun is coming. Remember you said that? When you got murky, but you said, but ooh, something fun is coming. Yeah. And then you said, hey. I know I want to work with you guys and I don't know what it is. You want to come with me? You were a match for something fun is coming. And they wanted to be in the unboxing of something fun is coming 
because it's a match. It's Velcro. They want what is. It was. It is. So that's enough. That is it. That's the thing. It's like there's no one way to do anything. You know, uh, people say to me, I don't understand. All these years you do it this way and that way and that converts and this and you never use affiliates and never, it's like, it is whatever you fully are congruent with it being. Then they feel, oh, this is baked. This is cooked all the way through. Now that's probably the best way for you to launch everything. I don't know what it's going to be. I have started to think that up. <laughs> Here's where you sign up for it and we're going to let it un unveil itself. Then if you think about it, every time you say, I know how it's going to be. It's going to be like this. In a way, you're always lying. Because you never lying. really know what's going to happen, right? So it's like, I'm only telling the truth. Also, no, yeah. Every person I've ever met deeply wants a transcendent experience. Yeah. What does that mean? That means it's outside of the predictable. So that good. means it's in the mystical. Mm -hmm. That means it's not in what I can predict because that is so not exciting. Nothing's alive in there. Boring. Um, okay, last question. Robin said, how do we find a coach you can afford when you're at wherever you are financially? What do you say to people when they want a coach and then they feel that their finances puts them in a certain place? Okay, so listen, when you say I want a coach, that's coming from this assumption that you don't have one. You've got a coach, you got, you got Kathy. What are you talking about? Well, maybe she means, right? Like I'm here. You have a coach in your ear if you listen to Kathy's ha podcast every that's single true. week. That's true. And yours. You guys, and everyone has to listen to hers. It's so good. It's going to melt your face off. Okay, go ahead. I was just thinking. So in Korea, I live in an apartment in a high rise. Everybody in Korea lives in a high rise. I'm in this Airbnb in LA. We have a yard, right? I was just sitting here yesterday on my yard, listening to the birds, just like staring at this beautiful blue California sky being like, I'm being coached by this yard right now. This yard is coaching me. Like I'm having a transformational experience, like staring at the sky at like 2 p.m. Yes. And yes, you, you are. Know, I, I was. And the thing is, you can either have an attitude of like, everything is coaching me at all times. <laughs> and actual coaches are coaching me. I've got Kathy. I've got Simone. Whatever coach you want to learn from, they probably have a podcast, Right. So you can live in this abundance of like, there's yes. so coaching or you can be like, I want a coach that I can't afford. Right. That's uh, like, listen, I get how you say that. Like, I get it, of course, but also take a moment to like soak in the abundance of support that exists for you. Like the universe wants to coach you all the time. You just have to be awake to it. You have just have to be noticing, like literally, if you want to turn your entire life into like coaching, just ask yourself, oh, what does this tree want to coach me on? Right. Like, what would they ask me? if they were my coach, right? Like somebody cuts you off in, in, in traffic instead of being like, oh, cute. Just ask yourself, okay, what if this were a coaching moment, right? Then you can just like all day long be coach. And sometimes you might be like, okay, now I think I like don't want to coach anymore. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And I, I promise you, once you have that abundant attitude of like just being open to receive all the abundance, I promise you, like like what Kathy said, the, the Velcro thing, when you're like, I have enough, you're going to attract clients who are also in, I have enough, and I have even more for the things, experiences that I want to choose, right? So I want that to be your mantra, right? Like I have more than enough coaching that I could ever want. 
and whatever more I want, I always have the resources for, I can pay for it. Right. I already do pay for the things that I want that are, that are worth it to me. So I want you to be in that mindset. Gorgeous. So good. Simone, tell them where they can get on your email list and where they can find your podcast and your uh, courses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If you find me on IG, if you click on the the link tree in my profile, the link, um, you're going to find the links to all of them. If you, if you like hanging out with me, you should absolutely listen to the podcast. Absolutely get on my email list. And then we'll, we'll, we'll start our relationship, see where it goes. Well, it's already started. You are extremely generous. You're extremely alive. You have the energy of about 1000 people in one person. And it's really like a Crayola factory sort of takes you in, explodes and puts you in orbit just like being around you. So thank you for just no holds barred showing up in the world and taking us on the journey. It's awesome. You know, when you're with Kathy in a room um, full of humans like yourselves, it's like, I don't, I'm not like even mad to be um, on vacation, but (laughs) like, thank you for nourishing me. This has been so beautiful. Thank you so much, Kathy. God bless you. Keep going. You are going to only be so much more successful than you've already been. And we all know it. And it's just so cool. Like you ain't seen nothing yet and you've already done so much. So I'm just Glad I have a good seat. I am so honored. Thank you. Awesome. Enjoy that rest of the vacation. Bye. That was so fun talking with Simone. Here are the takeaways. Number one, there's nothing to fix because you aren't a problem to be solved. You aren't flawed or problematic. You are a valuable, worthy human being. Number two, marketing is about relating to human beings. It's about knowing what and who you care about. All you have to do is see who you're helping as a human being. Number three, when you can name the problem and source, you begin to take back agency of how you respond to what your culture has handed you. Number four, the value you bring to your audience is your existence. It's the highest thing you can offer to the world. Number five, you as you are is always enough, but at the same time, you're always going to be learning and finding ways to grow. Number six, trust the murkiness because something cool is about to happen. We all want to deeply transcend an experience outside of the predictable and in the mystical. Number seven, we never manifest what we want. We attract what we are. Number eight, soak in the abundance of support that exists for you. The universe wants to coach you all the time. You just have to be awake to it. Thank you so much for listening. It's just unbelievable what we've accomplished in the last five and a half, almost six years. And it just wouldn't have been possible without you. I had some beautiful conversations this week with Chelsea Clinton and Alicia Silverstone. Those episodes are coming up soon. So please make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify so you don't miss anything. And if you love the show and you also want to be entered into the giveaway for the Mark Jacobs tote, as well as the Zadig and Voltaire shirt, all you have to do is leave us a review and go to my Instagram and share one of my reels. I'll be announcing some winners tomorrow. We'll be choosing three of you. And if you know someone who you think would appreciate this podcast, then text them the link or email them the link. And you can also share about it on your Instagram stories and tag Simone. She's simone.grace.soul and soul is spelled S-E-O-L. You could also tag me as well. And last but not least, we have one spot left for the retreat at my house, September 6th through the 8th. It's going to be such life-changing days for me as well. You can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux to sign up. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song. Have an amazing weekend.
Joy, joy, joy. Every time that you are here is my favorite time of year. You bring me joy.